A former sheriff's deputy who pleaded guilty to unwelcome contact with women while on duty has been sentenced to three years and eight months in jail. 33-year-old Richard Fisher served in North and East County San Diego and in at least 16 cases groped or otherwise touched women inappropriately while on the job. He will not have to register as a sex offender, however, as the judge and psychologist ruled that he is unlikely to re-offend now that he is no longer an officer. For the San Diego Human Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Terry Figueroa, you're part of the public safety team at the Union Tribune, and you've been following this case of this sheriff's deputy who was accused of fondling a number of women over a period of years in North and East County. Can you give us some background on this case? How long has this been going on, and what was the nature of this misconduct? The allegations date back between 2015 and 2017. And um, this deputy, who was at the time working in both North County and East County San Diego, um, was accused by ultimately um, more than a dozen women who had said that they had encounters with him um, in which he fondled them or pawed at them in some way. Mm -hmm. Um, And ultimately that became a criminal case. Uh, it started out as a civil case. These women, their complaints came were made in civil proceedings, and prosecutors ultimately looked at this and eventually brought charges. Um, he was eventually charged with um, on-the-job misconduct involving 16 women, ultimately. Mm-hmm. And what was sort of the nature of the misconduct? Like, what was the common theme of how he would essentially use his job to touch women? Well, essentially he would come into contact with these women during the course of his employment. Some were um, parts of of 911 calls that, you know, someone had called for for an assist, um, and he was among the deputies who responded. Um, Other women were um, detained or had been arrested by him when they came into contact with uh, this deputy. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it seems like it took a while for this case to kind of come together. What was kind of the flashpoint in which, you know, this kind of moved from civil to criminal? Well, in 2017, at the end of 2017, um, women came forward and their complaints were were, were, uh, filed as claims and um, ultimately then became civil lawsuits. Mm -hmm. Um, A number of women filed civil suits against this deputy. Eventually, prosecutors ultimately looked at those claims, talked to those um, women, and filed criminal charges. So this case had two tracks. There was the, it started out initially as a civil case where people were filing lawsuits suing the county and the deputy. In addition, um, there was the criminal track that came later, and that was when prosecutors brought charges against Deputy Fisher. Mm-hmm. Now. At, one, at some point, the county had settled four of the claims um, for roughly a total of, of $900,000, roughly. Mm-hmm. Um, but then at some point, um, the decision was made by the judge to essentially put the civil case in a holding pattern. And that case has been in a holding pattern pending the outcome of the criminal case, mm-hmm. which essentially came to a head yesterday. Um, the deputy was uh, accused of fondling, groping, hugging people um, while on the job. Um, Ultimately, he pleaded guilty to seven 
counts total, four felonies and three misdemeanors. Um, most all of them were uh, assault and battery under the, the color of authority. There was also one count of, of uh, false imprisonment. Um, mm-hmm. For those crimes, he was, com- he was sentenced on Tuesday to the deal under the deal that was struck in in his decision to plead guilty the possible jail time that he faced was capped at five years on tuesday the judge who's been handling handling this case from from very early stages he's heard testimony from all of the victims um he issued his sentence to this deputy and that sentence was 44 months which is three years and eight months in jail and 16 months after that, on a supervised release, he will be uh, not. It's essentially it's parole, but it's not. It's not parole. It's where he has to check in, um, almost like a probation. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, three years, eight months plus 16 months is five years. So technically, he did get the maximum that he could get. Most of it will be served behind bars, and uh, the balance will be served on parole mm-hmm. or a, a community supervision. And going back a little bit, what was the initial response by the sheriff's department when these allegations started uh, to appear? Was he taken off the job or put on leave? What happened to him? So after this case really um, started becoming into the public consciousness, after um, the claims were filed and stories were written um, about these allegations, the deputy was put on desk duty. And then eventually he was put on um, unpaid administrative leave at one point. And then as of February of this year, the sheriff's department said that he was no longer employed there. They did not um, expound upon that. So we just know he, he at that point, was no longer employed there. And that did come up in um, his sentencing. His attorney had said that, that he understood that he would no longer be able to work in law enforcement and that this had been, you know, his dream career, and, mm-hmm. and he had lost that. So in the courtroom, what did the victims say when they were explaining how they were uh, abused by this deputy? Well, several of them um, filed written um, letters. Two people actually um, were in the courtroom that the judge heard statements. Uh, One of them, she stood up and and she spoke, and she said that the deputy had groped her while her hands were were restrained after a traffic stop on a rural road. And, you know, she said, and her quote was, it was difficult to wrap my brain around what was happening. Um, The other woman, she had her statement uh, read to the judge by her attorney, her civil attorney, the attorney in the civil case. And um, she referred to the night that she had been arrested for, for drug possession by the deputy during a tra- traffic stop. And what her words were, she recounted what, in her words, were the shock, disgust, insecurity, and utter, utter vulnerability I encountered was I stood there in handcuffs, is what she said. She wrote about the nervous sickness that she felt in her stomach. Um, as she was being searched, and he pressed against her, according to her, and that uh, on the way to jail, according to her, he stopped the car on a dark road and asked her if she was scared. And she said that she was, she feared that she would be raped, this is her statement to the judge, Mm -hmm. and that she actually felt relief when she got to the jail, and it was the first time in her life she'd said that she was praying to go to jail. So those were the two statements that were made in court to the judge during the sentencing hearing. Yeah, and hearing those details kind of makes sense as to why Fisher got the kind of sentence that he did. It is clearly an abuse of power. Uh, you know, we give 
law enforcement the the right to protect us, and we assume that when we're in custody, we won't be harmed, and that was a violation of that trust. There were there were also women who, in addition from to being in custody um, during their encounters with the deputy, there were others who had encountered him after a nine one one call. So there were you know a variety of, of different ways that women said that they had encountered the mm-hmm. deputy. So one lingering question about this whole case is why wasn't he charged with any specific sex crimes and why wasn't he required to register as a sex offender? What were those arguments? He was charged with assault and battery under the color of authority, um, which is not um, a sex crime. But under the law, um, if the judge had determined that these were sexually motivated offenses, um, he ultimately could have registered or, or ordered the deputy to register as a sex offender. Um, in this particular case, uh, the deputy was evaluated by three different psychologists, none of whom, um, from, according to what was said in court, uh, felt that there was a, a, a sexual uh, – this wasn't about sexual power. The prosecution also did not ask for um, him to be registered as a sex offender. Um, and in addition, according to the attorneys, the vast majority of the women who were um, the accusers in this case did not want that sort of registration either. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, the judge had said that, that such registration would not serve the community, um, that, that he did not pose that sort of a threat mm-hmm. and, and did not um, ultimately order that. Because mm-hmm. it... It seems like all of these occurred while he was on the job, so I guess that's reason to believe he wouldn't, you know, do something similar when he wasn't in a position of power and, in most cases, armed, I would imagine. Yes, and, and the judge mentioned that. He, he, you know, during these encounters, he was in full uniform, um, you know, duty belt on. Mm-hmm. Generally, a, a gun is on the duty belt. And uh, during these proceedings, what did Fisher's legal team say? Uh, well, he actually did change attorneys um, a few times during this. And yesterday, during the sentencing hearing, his attorney said, you know, look, her client admitted to hugging and embracing the women while on duty. She said that this is behavior that he now understands was inappropriate and that he's taken um, steps, including counseling, to um, to understand and to, to he's accepted responsibility for his conduct essentially and that he understands that people I think his the words that she used were he understood how people have been intimidated in responding because he was wearing a badge. Mm-hmm. So his attorney also said that that he's not taken this lightly that he has begun the process of change. All right, Terry Figueroa, thank you so much. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you. Another sheriff news. A 66-year-old inmate died at the San Diego Central Jail from complications relating to heart disease. Jail deputies found Franklin July unresponsive in a shared cell a few minutes after midnight on September 16th, according to San Diego Sheriff's Lieutenant Michael Blevins. July was the 13th person to die in a San Diego County jail this year, and his death at the Central Jail came just 10 days after another man. Daniel James Pickett died from a methamphetamine overdose at the downtown detention center. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. On weekday mornings, you can also hear a quick rundown of local weather and headlines. Just tell your smart speaker to launch the San Diego Union Tribune. You can also get a full listing of our audio products at uniontrib.com 
Podcasts. Until next time.